There is truth. You can know it, live it, and be liberated by it. I'm Audrey Rindlisbacher. Thank you for joining me on this podcast where we explore how the truth can set you free. Welcome to the discussion of A Christmas Carol. I'm Audrey Rindlisbacher. I have Kim Miner and Lindsay Wright with me. We are excited for this holiday season to be spending time in this wonderful classic by Charles Dickens, written when he was about 32 years old, a husband, had a bunch of kids. Um, We've got a video in the reading guide for you that's a little bit of the backstory on this particular book that is really sweet um, and will give you some context for maybe why it's even more meaningful than maybe other books and uh, where he was coming from when he wrote it. Do you um, ladies have anything to say about that video or about the backstory as we jump into the book? I think just it, it just shows his character development, um, mm. Charles Dickens' character development, which is then reflected in this story. I think it does add um, another layer of depth to a, to a beautiful story. That's a great point. Uh, we're going to obviously do what we do each time, and that is look for principles and talk about themes. But the skill for this month that we're going to focus on is character development like Lindsay mentioned. And so we're going to be talking about that with Scrooge and how he changes. Um, it's it's more of a short story. So the changes happen quickly. Um, not like a, you know, war and peace kind of, you know, <laughs> experience. But um, yeah, so make sure to watch that video. So you have some frame of reference going in. It's really beautiful. So I wanted to start out, I've got a question just to get things started. And then we can head into uh, what everybody was drawn to, found, wants to discuss today. In the preface, Charles Dickens, when it was first published um, as a as a Christmas book, this is what he said in his preface. I have endeavored in this ghostly little book to raise the ghost of an idea, which shall not put my readers out of humor with themselves, with each other, with the season, or with me. May it haunt their houses pleasantly and no one wish to lay it, their faithful friend and servant, C.D. Now, this really struck me because he says this book is about an idea. It's actually not really about Scrooge. It's about an idea. And of course, that's a theme. I've got a podcast on uh, how ideas rule the world. And of course, in the great book set, there's the hundred and what what are they? 102. Two great ideas that the the great books is focused around and this concept that ideas matter, that ideas change us, that ideas build culture is really important. So um, I just wanted to throw this question out there. What do you think the idea is that he's referencing here and why is, why is it an idea rather than why is he saying I've thrown out this, uh, I wanted to raise the ghost of an idea. So what are your, what are your thoughts about that? I've been thinking a lot about that too. Um, like what is, what is the idea? And mm-hmm. I, but there's a lot of them. I, yeah. I was so amazed. I mean, I, I've read this story. I read it every year. Oh, you do? I do. Cause I love oh. it. I lo- This is one of my favorites. And uh-huh. But but I don't know that I've read it with an eye to, you know, discussion or finding 
principles or um, using some of the study skills that we've learned. And so anyways, when I got into it, I mean, there's, there's a lot of really great ideas. Yeah. So I don't know, is there just one, is there one or overarching idea? I don't know. But, yeah. but one idea that I think he's playing with is that, um, that we have a responsibility to other people. I thought that was kind of a, a main true. component. And that's part of, that's part of this character change that Scrooge goes through is that he yeah. sees that he has a responsibility to others. But I don't know if there's, what, there's lots that's of ideas, a, I think. That's a great one. I love that. And, and, uh, the, it's it's everywhere now it's like we have to remind people that they have responsibilities it's the first habit in seven habits i was watching this debate on the arc organization which is citizens that are responsible and mm. um you know anyway that is that is a central theme i it made me think about the concept of rights and duties because really for the last 30, 40 years in the culture, everyone wants to cite their rights, but not claim their duties. Mm -hmm. And there are two sides of the same coin. We can't have rights unless we also have duties. And that's not just, I have rights and other people have duties. We all have rights and we all have duties. Those are interconnected. So, um, and that, that concept of duty was a popular idea in the time of Dickens, right? If you read these older writings, duty comes up all the time. What's your duty? Do your duty. Um, because they knew that nobody would have any rights if everyone wasn't focused on their duties or personal responsibilities. So yeah. I love that. Great. It's, well, it's one of the, the principles that I found, mm -hmm. right? That, that accepting responsibility for myself and others. Yeah. Um, we learn, I'll finish that on just a minute, but we learn, you know, one of the books we read in the Academy, or maybe it's an extra book is, is about boundaries and that we have, yeah. we're responsible, um, for ourselves yeah. and to others. And sometimes we get those mixed up, but, but this idea, so the, my principle that I'm working with is by accepting responsibility for myself and others creates meaning and purpose. Oh, Wow. And so we see that with Scrooge is, is that, and, and there's some other things, and I hope we get there to talk about these things too, because there's other things that have to happen first before um, he gets to this point. Mm -hmm. um, but once he does get to this point, that is, that's going a long way towards him to, to, to the end of the story where he's happy mm -hmm. and he's right, mm -hmm. is that he's created meaning and purpose in his life because he's taken responsibility. Great point. It, it's interesting that you mentioned the the boundaries book because I was thinking about that book as well as as I was reading this because you know some people could look at um, him and think he actually has really good boundaries because he makes people be accountable for their lives and you know like sure. some of these things that you think but that was one of the one of the for me in my experience with the boundaries book one of the really kind of huge ahas that I had was when he talks about boundaries that, that it's like a gate, but it has a mm -hmm. fence. I mean, it's like, mm -hmm. it's a fence that has a gate, it's a right? Gate. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. That you have to, has to be like this in and out, which he doesn't have, right? It's just, there's, there's no gate. And that for me was a huge aha because I felt like I was kind of the same, right? That I had, mm -hmm. that, that I had no gate. It was just like, I have these hard 
boundaries and this is right and this is wrong or whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. He doesn't let mm-hmm. anybody in. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. And and I mean, I did let some people in, but for me, I was it just changed my thinking around what boundaries are and actually what they need to look like. And there has to be this in yeah. and out flow. And, and that's huge because yeah, he just draws this hard line and there's none yeah. of that. And so his boundaries are actually, he doesn't have good boundaries at all. Right. Mm-hmm. Very just unhealthy. If somebody boundaries. had no fence. So he has a super hard fence and as uh, some people, you know, they both ha- don't have good boundaries. So it's interesting. Yeah. Great insight. It makes me think of something that's probably going to sound insanely controversial, but <laughs> you know, what we would do in our modern culture, if we were evaluating Scrooge is we would go back to his childhood story of when he's at the school alone and he's mm-hmm. crying and his parents don't want him to come home. And we would talk about how he w- had this terrible childhood and, you know, equal sign that's why he is the way he is. Yeah. But actually that's not the whole story for Scrooge. And actually he had a period of life where things were pretty normal. He had a girlfriend, he loved her, she loved him, he had friendships. He you know, laid side by side with the pain at the school is also this incredibly generous employer who treated him like gold and was a was a wonderful leader and guide to him. And so I just wonder, and I know that there, this is, this is may sound a little controversial. And I know we're talking about a sliding scale. And there are some people on the very, very extreme end of they were brutalized and victimized all through childhood in a way that I can't comprehend. That's absolutely true. But I think for most of us, there's somewhere in the middle, there's some tragedy in our past, but there's also some redemption in our past. And to lay the responsibility for our current, like Kim is saying, lack of boundaries, shutting everybody out or letting everybody walk all over us, or lack of taking personal responsibility for filling our duties. And it's like you were saying, Lindsay, Scrooge is very good at making sure his needs are met. I mean, in other words, he's got food, he's got shelter, he's got money, he's fine. And he stops there. And isn't that our current culture? You only matter to you. You know, you just take care of you. I'm doing me, my truth. Um, I, I, I'm meeting my bills. I'm fulfilling my personal obligations. Uh, you know, my employer gets paid every pace, every pay period. You know, I, I fulfill the contracts of the people that I service. And, and so Scrooge, and this is going to sound crazy, but I do think that in a very real way, he does represent what we're holding up as a legitimate way of living in our modern world. Mm. Um, that the focus he's not on materialism. Doing, yes, he's not doing anything wrong. He's looking out for number one and he's taking care of his obligations. But the whole message or a major predominant message of the book is like you were saying, Lindsay, that's not enough. That doesn't mm-hmm. make for a meaningful, fulfilling life. That doesn't enrich the world. And actually Scrooge is also Scrooge is also suffering greatly Mm-hmm. by living out this unhealthy materialistic all about me paradigm mm-hmm. he's he's suffering greatly by that he doesn't even recognize his own suffering because he's so self-focused well and it looks maybe on the surface it looks like he's loving himself you know we have we have these seven laws of life mission that you've articulated love god 
love self, love truth, love others are the first four foundational laws. And so maybe it looks like he's loving himself. He's taking care of at least three of the four major <laughs> needs. Um, but he's, I don't, he's not loving himself. If he was loving no. himself, right, then, yeah. then things would be different. Um, yeah. So well, it, it really is, it's, it's a counterfeit mm. love. Well, and that's the the principle that I kind of pulled from it because I kept thinking about um, leadership and self-deception mm-hmm. and just the idea that we, unless we see ourselves and others clearly, that we yes. can't really love, right? So that's kind of the process, part of the big process that he goes through is kind of opening his heart because he starts to see people, starts to see himself, right? Because yes. he starts to see how people have responded to him in the past, present, and future, and um, that he means nothing to these people. And also that he starts to see these people clearly. And then he can open his heart and actually truly love. Because the idea of, I mean, I don't know if we want to go into the idea of what leadership and self-deception is, but the, <clears throat> the, the principle is that they have this, you're in the box or out of the box, right? So you see people as an object or you see them essentially as a person and for their humanity, yeah. So he is seeing, he's very much like in the box all the time and just seeing people's objects. Wait, is that opposite? even himself, right? Like he doesn't yes. even think that he deserves to be warm enough or to have good food or yeah. a, a nice place mm, to live. Point. Good right. Point. Well, and it's, it's all about what, what people can give you or what you get from other people. It's not seeing them for who they are. It's like what, and so even for himself, right. It's the same thing. Like I have to, I'm so like stingy. I can't spend more money on coal to keep myself warm or enough food to like nourish my body that I just, you know, there's this thing that's more important to, than all those things. And so he, he continues to self-deceive and do all these things. And so he creates zero relationships in his life and he can't truly love himself or others because he's basically deceiving himself constantly. Yeah. Great point. Great. Connection. It, it makes me, I didn't, think of it till just now I didn't go pull it but it reminds me of the last battle which we also read in the academy mm. teen academy mom yes academy. um no actually not the uh, yeah the last battle too we could make a connection there but actually <laughs> what I was thinking about is a scene I don't know if you ladies remember it in the lion the witch in the wardrobe when um Aslan has returned and everything is starting to melt and the white witch doesn't have a sled anymore because there's no snow and she happens upon some of the animals who are having a feast. And she says to them, what is all of this waste, basically? Mm-hmm. Um, the idea there being, you know, when you look at, when you, when you look at places where um, people lose the connection of seeing others in themselves humanely and loving them properly, then you you usually wind up with lack and depravity with coldness. And, you know, you see that in communist countries, you see that um, in this particular instance where he has robbed himself of the things that make life beautiful. And of course his, his nephew is the foil for him, right? He's the one who has, who, who doesn't have money, but has abundance Mm -hmm. and, um, embraces all that's beautiful about life and and is full of joy and scrooge who has all the money his life is full of lack and it's empty and he doesn't embrace any of the 
beautiful things in life. And so that oh, juxtaposition there again in Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe between these animals who don't have anything and the witch who has everything and a castle and she's in charge and she's the queen. And but they're the ones embracing the abundance and 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 having a feast and and laughing and singing and and eating and and enjoying what life has for them. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. In the in the book, the the part that um in when the ghost of Christmas present is there and it, right before he leaves and he shows that little boy and girl underneath his robe has always like confused me a little bit. They leave and, it out a lot of times too. Right. But, tell the story. But I think there's like a connection there kind of to what you're saying because the boy's ignorance and the girl's want. Mm. And like, so you're saying like the, 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 with the connection to the lion, witch and the wardrobe is she seems to have all these things, but there's still like this ignorance and want going on, even though she feels you guys see where I'm going with this. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, yeah. I'm yeah. like still like articulating it in my head, yeah. but it kind of like, Oh, I see how there's a the connection there with what you're saying. Yeah. She's lost hard. truth as she's ignored it. Right. So mm-hmm. that's what God tells us is as we embrace truth, as we come to light, then we receive more light. And as we ignore the light that we have, then we lose the light that we've been given. And that's the path, that's the path of Scrooge. And that's the path of the white witch. There's a kind of a parallel there that she is ignorant of what would make life. She's ignorant of the beauty around her. She's, she's chosen to be, she's blinded mm-hmm. herself. She's closed her eyes. Like at the end of the, of the last battle, the dwarves have intentionally blinded themselves. They're sitting in the hut, mm-hmm. um, choosing not to see the goodness and beauty around them. And that's, you know, Scrooge has closed his eyes and Marley sent to him to try to open his eyes. And light is one of the themes um, in the book that that Dickens brings up along with other spiritual and, you know, intellectual themes. But Well, and, and thinking too about the idea that so there's ignorance because there's no truth in light, right? But also yeah. want, and you see that in Scrooge is that he just wants more and more, but all these things that actually don't fill us and nourish our souls mm. essentially right because you're lacking lot and so these this these little kids underneath the robe are ignorance and want and those things we look at someone like scrooge and think like no he has those he does he's not ignorant he's not wanting yeah. right we don't but actually he is because good, yeah good point yeah. well and um that quote from Mortimer Adler about almost he says almost all of us want things we do not need and fail to want the things that we do need Mm. and so he wants things he wants um he wants to look good he wants the money right but it's not he wants it's not the right things that are going to help him to be happy yeah which reminds me of you know the first law of life mission is to love God but what that means is to um center your life on him to to establish a divine center in your life and so again we can look at the centers of the characters what is scrooge's center is money and the witch's center is power so as their center has drawn further and further away from a divine center they have lost light they've lost truth they've lost abundance and joy they've lost contact with with reality really they've lost contact with the abundance that surrounds them all the time they they become blind to that because their center is so 
off of of the true center and i think so as i as i was tracking his character development because i'm asking myself the question of you know like how how do i change Mm. right in in the areas of my life that I need a change of heart how does that happen what's the process yeah and and so we're we're looking at him and and we we all recognize you know the three goes Christmas past Christmas present Christmas future (laughs) Mm -hmm. but actually as I as I was thinking about this is it actually starts with the first ghost which is Marley and what happens with Marley is because Scrooge is ignorant Mm mm-hmm He's lost, and maybe he knew it at one point. He did. He did know it at one point. But at this time mm-hmm. in his life, he's lost his understanding. That, um, what what Marley does is he shows him like there is a higher power, right? Like mm, there's a higher there is power. A, there's a there's an eternal consequence. There's an eternal perspective mm-hmm, that mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. things that I do now matter. That they that I have purpose. That there's consequences. Right. And, yeah. and, and Scrooge has to go through this process of choosing to believe he first that I, for me, that was the first thing that happened is he had to make the choice to believe in Marley, which is this supernatural force to, to believe. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, that's faith. That's a, a little great. Bit, right. That is <laughs> right. Like you have that to is, choose. Yes. Faith. Faith is is an expectation of good. It's it's an expectation mm-hmm. that there is good in the universe, that there is God mm-hmm. in the universe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And then yeah. and that and in addition to that, that that not only is there good in the universe, that that he's interested in us and and that yeah. we are accountable yeah. to him for the things that we do in this life. Yeah. Yeah, because you see the 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 process that he goes through in Marley is there, you know, initially he's like, you know, the whole thing about you could be undigested beef, yeah. and you're more of gravy than the grave, you know, and <laughs> that, which is just little funny things that Dickens puts in. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just this the denial of the reality in front of him, right? That he wants, he doesn't, he wasn't want to accept that this is something bigger than, than himself, you know? And then mm-hmm. at the very end, when he sees Marley leave, he sees all these spirits and it's like, oh, wow, actually there is something bigger, like you're saying more than myself and leading him to more of a divine. I love the, the quote that um, in, in the book where uh, Marley is taking like, talking about what his life could have been. And he said, why did I not walk through the crowds of fellow beings with my eyes turned down and never raise them to the blessed star, which led the wise men to the poor abode. And so Marley there himself too is acknowledging there's this higher power. There's this higher being, not just in Marley himself as something supernatural, but Marley is also saying there's something more this there's, you know, he's obviously pointing to the Christ child, but, um, there is something more and helping Scrooge to see that, right? So that's wow. a great, yeah. great insight. Yeah. This that's life beautiful. doesn't just end at death. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think I yeah. use, we have to start there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is why we start with the natural law, showing, reminding ourselves and others 
that we know internally some kind of standard of right and wrong, and we know we don't live up to it. And we know we need some kind of way of aligning better with that and that it's governing our interactions and, and all of that. And so how is that reconciled? And it's reconciled through God. Um, it reminds me of Benjamin Franklin. He was very adamant about the fact that he really didn't believe that the nation could survive without a perspective of eternal consequences, mm-hmm. that, that um, we needed to believe that there was a life after death and that God would redeem and reconcile all things eternally and have an eye toward that eternal justice and mercy in order for us to be able to live out the principles of government, ironically, that were written into our declaration and constitution. He was very adamant about that, not just him, but other founders as well. So um, there's, there is something I love that the first beatitude is blessed are the poor in spirit. So um, not only is he, needing to choose to believe Marley, he also is very humbled. And those were some of the first kind of character changes I saw in him. He wants to say humbug and he doesn't like he, Mm -hmm. he starts, he makes the first decision is I'm going to choose not to say the thing that I know would be inappropriate here because it might be wrong. And he hasn't Mm -hmm. checked himself in that way in a long time. And he hasn't, chosen to discipline himself in that way. And that's tiny choice to not do something he knows is wrong, Mm -hmm. that he knows to be harmful or hurtful in some way. And to, to allow his experience with Marley to humble him, then, you know, God can't work with us until we do those two fundamental things. We admit that we're wrong and, and are genuinely ready to learn. And we, will take actions of faith um, and believe that he can help us. Yeah. Well, I don't think we can underestimate that power of choice. Like it is a choice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You have to choose Yeah, to believe. Yeah. And then we have to choose to act and we have to choose to be willing. And, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah. Um, yeah. And, that, and that's why Scrooge, why he was willing to do it. It, it didn't take long for his character mm-hmm. to start changing because yeah. he was willing to make the change once he read once uh he recognized his ignorance yeah then he was he and it it took a process i mean he's he's not changed right away but yeah. it really does the change really does start to happen as soon as he admits to himself um tells himself the truth um yes. about his situation about what he's been doing and mm-hmm. yeah yeah, and going back to kind of your original question, Audrey, about the idea that he puts forth in the preface, like, what's this idea? One of the thoughts that I had was that we're n- it's never too late. It's never too mm-hmm. late to make changes. And it's never, you know, you look at him, he's probably in his 60s, 70s, right? And just mm-hmm. this idea is like, like, why? Why even do it? You're so old. And, you know, it, it, but the impact you can still have on the world and it's never too late to do those things. And I think that's where hope comes from. So I've been thinking about this journey, like faith, hope, charity, right? Mm. Like the, we read about it in the scriptures. And I think faith is that starting point that there is a God that mm-hmm. he loves us. This He's interested in us. He's perfectly just and good and right. Like, mm-hmm. um, and that we're accountable to him, all those things. Mm-hmm. And then the next step and is 
is hope that I think hope is, is believing that change is possible. Mm. Mm. When I lose hope, it's because I think things can't change Mm. that I cannot create the outcome that I'm, that I want that. Right. Yeah. And, but hope is, is taking that faith and then believing not only that change is necessary, but that it's possible. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. I love that. And then that leads to charity, yeah. which is seeing seeing ourselves and others as God sees us and then acting on that, right? So mm-hmm. I and I think it, it was so fun to see that progression in this in this book, in this short story. It's awesome insight for sure. Yeah. Because we can have faith and hope, but still not act on those things, right? And so mm-hmm. the fact that we need to actually take the action to do the things that we feel are the right things to do as Scrooge did. Yeah. And, Which and is love doing the things that we, right. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's, Mar- just, that's Marley. Yeah. Arg- that's Marley's argument. Yeah, it's true. Do what you were asked to do by loving your brothers and sisters. Mm. You know, your job is to love humanity. That's, that's what you can do. That's how you can take action on, on, on that light. Going back to something you said uh, earlier, Kim, this quote that, that, that that you mentioned i guess i was surprised because i've read it several times but then you know there's so many movies and so many plays and there are multiple direct christian references mm-hmm. like it's mm-hmm. clear what what dickens center is it's clear that he believes in christ it's clear that he's pointing to christ as the source for why all these things need to happen. And those are, I mean, this, this quote is really in virtually none of the modern movies or plays. There's others as well, Mm -hmm. but this one in particular, that's just beautiful. At this time of the rolling year, I suffer most. Why did I walk through the crowds of fellow beings with my eyes turned down and never raise them to that blessed star, which led the wise men to a poor abode were there no poor homes to which its light would have conducted me? Mm. So this idea that we can be led, we can be mission driven. We can, we can give our energy and time and thoughts to the bettering of, of the people around us. And that action is, that action is redemptive. It's important for our soul and for the souls of those around us. That's and and I I think that maybe part of this, if there's if there's the idea that Dickens is talking about, I think it must be wrapped up in something about we can't actually be who we're meant to be as individuals or as a society unless our hearts are turned outward. Mm-hmm. Um, that. That that's why we love Christmas. And frankly, we can do that all year. We can take the beauty of this time of, of, of looking outward and letting that light work in us and focusing on joy and abundance and finding ways to serve, serve those around us. And we can, we can act that out in the world every day. That can be how we live, not just something that we do at Christmas. Well, that was Christ's whole message, right? I mean, that's why he implies it because it's not just the christmas time that 
we should be acting in these ways. It really is all the time because that was Christ's whole message is that this is a way of being and becoming Mm-hmm. your whole life mm-hmm. yeah and i wonder if it has to start so so first we kind of have to overcome ignorance and then we have to kind of tell ourselves the truth like yeah. the first the ghost of christmas past shows him there's some pain in your life right just like you were talking about audrey like we could look at that and folk, oh you know make excuses for him. This is why he is the way he is. He can never change because he had this horrible childhood, right? Mm -hmm. But I do think we have to tell ourselves the truth that, you know, I've been hurt. Things have been hard. I've done things wrong, but but not stay there, Mm -hmm. right? So tell ourselves the truth. And that's something we talk about all the time in the academy. Tell yourself the truth Mm -hmm. about where you are. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And it's vital. and And then you know, admit, because it sometimes it sounds like, oh, just have this Christmas spirit all year long. And it, and it's like, sometimes it sounds like we're glossing over the bad parts. Yeah. And I don't think that's what it is at all. It's accepting. It's accepting that there is pain and suffering in this yeah. world. Yeah. And, and choosing to forgive, choosing to do what I can to create good. Yeah. Right. But but you have to admit to yourself, you know, these this is this is part of the reality, too. Yeah, I have someone in my life who's been suffering a lot recently, and they said to me the other day, they're really in despair. And they said a bunch of things and I was like. You need to tell yourself the truth. Hmm. and they were so in despair they were like well I don't even know what the truth is but that's not true either (laughs) you do you know and and again it was truth mixed with lies right like some of what they said was true factual in the realm Mm -hmm. of reality but it wasn't the whole story it's just that when we get um when we lose hope and fall into despair you know, reminds me of Anne of Green Gables when Marilla says to Anne, um, I don't despair because despair is to turn your back on God. Mm. It's an anti-hope frame of reference because we've eradicated truth and it's key. It's vital that the truth be part of what we're thinking and what we're saying all the time. And so there were a lot of things about this person's circumstances that are also true about their ability to move on and their ability to forgive and what went on in their past and what they're responsible for and what they're not responsible for. And Mm -hmm. all those things can be, can be, you know, pulled out of this despairing, you know, seemingly hopeless situation to build a a new future, to build a foundation on what is true and real. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Love that. There's a difference between what's a fact and what is capital T true. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, Scrooge, um, I love how you're talking about it because he had gone so long making money his center that it was all he could see. Mm. And there was, you know, 90% of reality that he was just completely blind to because he blinded himself. I heard this. I can't remember where I heard it. I would love to give credit to whoever was the genius that said it and whatever I read or whatever, I can't remember. But I've been thinking about it a lot 
um, they said that sin is simply not living up to the light you've been given. Mm. And mm. it's such a beautiful idea because it helps us understand even better how I might be more responsible than someone else. And something might be a quote sin to me that isn't to somebody else because I have a certain amount of light. And when I don't live up to that light, I fall short. I sin. I miss the market. I miss the mark, right? Like in the Bible, you know, that's what, you know, you're missing the mark. That's the real kind of uh, definition of, of sin. And so if I'm not living up to that light, so, so Scrooge, he, he turned his back on a lot of light he'd been given, you know, his, his old boss gave him a lot of light. If no one else in his life had, he saw a life well lived. He saw a life worth living. He saw a, a business well run. He saw a happy family and he didn't live up to the light that he'd been given. So he lost it. And this and new I, light, you know, the first, the first spirit is light. Yes. He tries to snuff it out. <laughs> he and he sheds light on his past, right? Which causes him sorrow. He weeps with himself as a boy, but he dances and experiences joy again, you know, and, and, and there was, there was good and bad in his past and he, and light was shed on it. He could see it more honestly and he became full of gratitude and ready. And by the time the second ghost shows up, he's teachable. Now he's grateful yeah. for what he's been given and he's eager to learn. And I think he can see too, you know, part of this telling himself the truth that that I've been hurt and I've tried to to use money to make me feel better, to overcome mm -hmm. the pain, right? And so I, th I think when we get really honest about why we're doing the things that we're doing, we can't change until we understand, until we say, okay, I see now I was trying to protect myself, but now I know better. And so now I can do better. Yeah. There's all these spiritual themes as, as we kind of wind up here. Um, he says, this is my page 53. I don't know. I've got the Dover thrift edition, but nothing doubting that to whomsoever they applied, they had some latent moral for his own improvement. He resolved to treasure up every word he heard and everything he saw. And so that's kind of the point that he gets to is that he is supremely teachable. The moral for his, there was always going to be a moral for his own improvement, whoever he interacted with, whether it was people or these spirits or whatever, there was going to be something that they could, that they could teach him to help him to become a better man. And that was going to be his new life's purpose um, to, to try to learn. There's, there's a lot of, there's grace, there's sin, there's free will, remorse, redemption, reclamation, idols, love, light, service, all these spiritual themes spread throughout because his, his, his spiritual and, and moral and mental improvement are all bound up in each other. He has to think differently. He has to be different. He has to see the world different. He has to embrace the life and truth he's been given. And I love, so this is the principle that I, that I was um, wanting to kind of think about and apply to my life a little bit better. It's at the very, very beginning of stave five. 
best and happiest of all the time before him was his own to make amends in. And that kind of goes back to what Kim was saying about it's never too late. No matter what's happened in your past, the future is always before you and you're alive and breathing today. And even if you're like mother 10 boom, where you're completely paralyzed and you can't speak and all you can do is blink, that woman lived out her life in service as an invalid sitting next to the window she still had her thoughts turned outward until the moment that she died because she was thinking about the people in her town and how she could continue to serve and love them even when she couldn't move or speak. And so there's no really excuse for us not to turn our hearts outward. And the time is here today, right now. And you can accelerate your experience. You know, it's a short story and We've got to get a lot of things in, in a short period of time, but looking at the particular experiences, if you go in and really research, I've got a bunch of page numbers about his character change. You'll see those principles at play in his character development, and he accelerates it through his humility and his teachability. And we can all do that. We can not only claim the time that we have today, right now, and just And say to ourselves, it doesn't matter what limitations I have. If I think I have time limitations or money limitations or talent limitations, it doesn't matter. If your heart's turned outward and you're teachable, you can be like Scrooge and and be focused on anyone and everyone can teach you something for your own moral development. And you can learn and grow as quickly as you're willing to receive light. God will give it to you. And you can grow as quickly as you're willing to, to put in the work. And, Mm -hmm. and I think that those are also some, some key ideas for me. That's, that's the principle that I wanted to take and, and focus on. I have a tendency to tell myself that I don't have enough time Mm -hmm. and to be kind of a victim of all my responsibilities Mm -hmm. and, um, not to, not to remember the truth that my time is my own, that it's a gift and that I can use it. I, I, I'm choosing all the time to use it however I want to use it. And I can, I can accelerate the things that I do, making amends, but also trying to make a better world for myself and my family and my friends through my use of it. But okay. any last thoughts, um, quotes that you loved or um, ideas or thoughts that you want to share before we finish up? Um, I think you've had some great insights. It's been awesome. It's it's yeah. been a great discussion. Yeah, really <laughs> and I think it's um it, it's so interesting to me. Like I said, I've read this a lot of times before, but but it changes it so much when I read it, knowing that I'm gonna discuss it, knowing that I'm going to um try to be finding truths that I need to help me solve my problems, um, and using these study skills, looking at themes finding out about the author before you read, like all these studies, right? Mm -hmm. It just completely um, opens it up. Anybody can do this. Like we're we're having an amazing discussion, not because we're super smart or or whatever, but because we've learned some skills to help us to understand, um, understand things better. But yeah. I just wanted to just mention really quick, because one of the things that we talked about um, in the academy is, is this idea of charity of, mm-hmm. you know, how, how do we love people um, in a principle centered way? 
and so I love at the end that not only is he is he more free and generous with his money with his yeah. material means yeah but he's coupled that with relationship he doesn't just mm-hmm. like throw money at people and then I'm done <laughs> but he actually develops a relationship with Bob Cratchit's family mm-hmm. you know and and so that he can know because the because the stronger and closer that relationship is the more we're going to know how to love people yeah. we're going to know what they need and you know be able to use our time wisely it doesn't have to be big things it you know it can be yeah. those small things that um those small acts of love every day that we do right but that's going to mm-hmm. require some relationships so i think that and that's a, a little different than than how the world views charity you know it's not just writing a check and then thinking i'm done it's developing that relationship great point great point and i love that you pointed out that it is those small things cuz he doesn't just buy him a new house to start he just sends him a turkey he just knows that they don't have a very big turkey for their family dinner. So he sends them a better turkey. Yeah. And it's a very thoughtful thing to do, something he knows they'll immediately appreciate. And it's, you know, compared to his wealth, just pennies. But um, because he's begun a relationship with them and he knows their circumstances now, he can do something that's tangibly beneficial for them right now. I love that. And then opens himself up to relationship with his mm-hmm. nephew, right? Like yes. he's, he's, it's, it's that how a heart turning outward. It's, it's yeah. those relationships. Um, that's where it's at. Yeah. <laughs> it's what, is, is, is meeting those emotional and social needs, um, having relationships, understanding how to love people better. Yeah. And, and I think so often we think that the little small things, um, aren't as meaningful. I, I have a, a good friend who has been um, struggling with cancer for a couple of years. Right. And I've had this conversation with multiple times because I often think about her like, what can I do to help you? Like, how can I be there for you? I can take you a meal or whatever. And at one point she said to me, I just love it when people text me and just say, I'm thinking about you, or I'm praying for you, or send me a quote, or even a funny meme, or something like that. Just the idea of being thought of yeah. cannot be overlooked, because yeah. we want to be thought of. And that's what Scrooge was lacking. He thought of no one else, right? Mm. Yeah, He only thought of himself. And so as we begin to think of others, even in these small ways, just sending little texts to people, it opens that relationship up, like you're saying, Lindsay, that we can create a relationship because they're, they're really like, Oh, you're, you're thinking about me. What is that? You know? And so mm-hmm. it just develops those things and yeah, it leads to more and deeper relationships. And then you yeah. know how to better love people in a meaningful way. Yeah. And then you're happy and they're happy. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like mm-hmm. Life, you experience life in abundance Yeah, when yeah. we, when we turn outward. Yeah. And I think just to, just to close out that idea, um, you know, Christ said that we would find ourselves when we lost ourselves. And I think that's what's happening to Scrooge. He was all about Scrooge. He thought he'd found himself. He was making sure that number one was taken care of. And when he lost himself in the service of his community, he found out who he really could be. And he became a great mentor and a great leader. He was well-loved when when he passed. And um, that's something that we all have control over and and we may, I don't know if I could say we're the biggest winners but we genuinely become more of who we are mm. become we become more of who we could be 
it enriches us immensely. So Mm -hmm. thank you, ladies. This was an incredible discussion. So grateful for you um, joining me today. Next month, we're going to be reading A Doll's House. So grab a copy of that um, by Henrik Ibsen and have a a very wonderful Merry Christmas. And if you um, want to come talk to us in the library and our community about all these thoughts and ideas, we'd love to see you there. But have a, a very wonderful Christmas. See you next year. Hey, are you ready to have the truth set you free? Head over to AudreyRinlessBacher.com and get the Truth Seeker Starter Kit for free, where I walk you through the five steps for discovering and applying true principles to your life so you can experience their liberating power. See you there.